0: Is God real? That's that's one of the big ones. And there are so many ways that we could approach trying to answer this question. But today I want to focus on a specific aspect of it. And that is, is it reasonable to believe that God exists? Is faith reasonable? Do we have to ignore some of the evidence that we have in order to believe that God exists? Or does the evidence that we have actually support the idea of the existence of God? Let's take a look together today. Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter and this is Loving Theology. So let me start by saying that this is a good question. I think it's a question that all of us have at one point or another. We, we wonder, am I being irrational for believing that God exists? Or maybe are they being irrational for believing that God exists? And that's a good question to have and I, I wanna take it from that perspective, not from the perspective of defending my answer, but from the perspective of, hey, this is a good question, let's explore it together. I think the reason that we have this question, in part at least, is because there's this narrative in society that maybe back in the dark ages, we needed God to explain the mystery of the universe to us. But now we have science and science explains it to us. So let's explore it, does science explain it to us? What does science explain? And as we think about that question of where did everything come from, the scientific theory that pops into all of our heads is the Big Bang Theory. And you can, you can check me on this, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about the big bang theory is that it serves to explain where everything came from now the big bang theory basically starts by saying okay here is everything here's space time and matter and it's all right here how did everything right here get to be out there how did the universe expand how did stars form all of those good questions but it starts with the assumption of space time and matter it starts with everything already existing in no way does the Big Bang Theory try to explain where everything came from, just simply how it developed, how the universe developed. Okay, so the Big Bang Theory doesn't do us for us, but what about other theories? Are there other theories in science that explain how everything came to exist? For a theory to be scientific, it must be testable. So while there might be an idea that you or I have about how the universe came to exist, unless it's testable, it's not a scientific theory. And so on those grounds, there is no scientific theory that serves to explain how everything came to exist. And maybe that's a little disappointing to you. Maybe you were hoping that we could demonstrate this one way or another. There would be something testable that we could show that proves once and for all whether or not God exists. And I don't think that there is. And I think that's part of the reason why my goal here isn't to prove to you beyond any reasonable doubt that God exists. Instead, what I do wanna demonstrate though is that belief in God is reasonable. That it is consistent with the evidence that we have. So without this scientific theory, without this proof, then what that really means is that faith is actually necessary. That at the end of the day, we're gonna have to choose what we believe because we cannot prove either one. So in asking this question, where did everything come from? Where did the universe come from? There's really only two options. Either the universe came from nothing or it came from something. And we have to choose which one we're going to believe, but that faith doesn't have to be without reason. Instead, I wanna see which of these options is more reasonable, is more consistent with the evidence that we have, the observable evidence that we have. Okay, so let's start by exploring the evidence. Let's start by exploring science. What does science teach us? What is the evidence that we have? And at a very foundational level, Science is basically the discovery of natural order. And this is some of what I was getting at earlier when I was explaining what a scientific theory is. In order for a scientific theory to be scientific, it has to be testable. It has to be consistent. Uh, Let's take the simple example of gravity. The reason that we have the theory of gravity is because if we drop a ball in a vacuum, it falls to the Earth every single time. And it falls at the exact same rate every single time. And we can even calculate that rate and we can see how incredibly consistent and specific that rate is. If, as a different example, sometimes the ball went up, sometimes it went to the left, sometimes it went to the right, then we'd have no theory, we'd have no science, we'd have no idea what's happening there, we'd have no theory of gravity. So as I explored the scientific evidence that we have, as I explored the natural laws that we've discovered so to speak, I was amazed, and I think you'll be amazed too, by how incredibly specific some of them are. And maybe, maybe you've heard some of these. Like, for example, the earth is just the right distance from the sun to support life. That if we were just a little bit closer to the sun, we would all burn up. If we were a little bit further from the sun, then we'd all freeze to death. Or even the tilt of the earth on its axis. If we were just tilted ever so slightly differently, then the seasons would be changed. And as a result, life as we know it simply wouldn't exist. Okay, so those are amazing and specific examples where if you change them even so slightly, our world wouldn't exist the way that it, that it does. But did you know that those rules, those observations, aren't just specific to the planet Earth? They're actually that specific for the universe as a whole, that there are these constants in the universe that enable the universe to exist, not just the planet Earth. And there's an astronomer who's written about this. His name is Martin Rees, and he's the Royal Astronomer for the UK. And he wrote a book titled Just Six Numbers. And He's not trying to prove the existence of God. He, he doesn't believe in God. But instead, what he demonstrates, though, is that there are six numbers upon which the entire universe depends. That if you change any one of these numbers ever so slightly, then life as we know it would not exist. The universe would not exist and be able to support life. He talks about gravity in there relative to the strength of electrical force and the way that that makes stars stable. And if we had unstable stars, then we wouldn't have planets, we wouldn't have the universe that we have that supports life. He talks about the amount of matter in the universe and how if we had more matter than we have, everything would collapse in together. That if we had less matter, we'd all be spread like dust throughout the universe, and no no stars, no planets, nothing would form. We have just the right amount of matter for the universe to exist. He talks about the strength of the way that atomic nuclei bond together, which happens inside stars. And how if you change that number, that strength ever so slightly, then the amount and the types of elements like phosphorus or nitrogen or so on and so forth, the amount and types of elements that are produced by those would change dramatically. And with that change, then life could not exist. Life depends on the specific elements that are produced by that very specific atomic nuclei bond. One of the numbers that he identifies is what we have called this cosmological constant that basically holds back the rate of the expansion of the universe. And one thing that we know about it is that it's incredibly small. If it were any larger, then again the universe would basically collapse back in on itself. So basically what he comes to is that there is this incredible specificity such that the universe can exist. So in other words, we're not just talking about our ecosystem and the amazing specificity of the way that all of these different insects and All of the different vegetation and animals and everything works together to create a stable environment on the planet Earth. We're not just talking about our solar system and our distance to the sun that allows Earth to support life. We're talking about the universe as a whole. The very existence of the universe depends on incredibly specific laws. Okay, so let's take that as our evidence. Not just one scientific observation, but the whole of science, which depends on the discovery of these incredibly specific Laws and the fact that in discovering them we've learned how important they are and how specific they are. Again, we have two options. Either the universe came from nothing or it came from something. And here's the problem with the idea that the universe came from nothing. Where did these laws come from? That implies that these laws came from nothing. That these very specific laws that seem finely tuned to support life came from nothing. It it begs the question, How did the universe know which laws to use and know how to proceed? The other problem was saying that everything came from nothing. The way that that would have had to happen would have violated every law that sustains the existence of this universe. For example, I'm basic scientific concepts like the law of cause and effect, which says that every effect, like the formation of a universe, has to have a cause. Well, we're saying, no, no, there was no cause here. Um, Another example would be the law of conservation of mass, which essentially says that something cannot come from nothing. And yet we're saying everything came from nothing. So everything that makes our universe stable could not have existed whenever our universe was formed. In other words, everything that we can observe contradicts what we're assuming about what we can't observe. Furthermore, science as a whole depends on these laws. So if we're saying everything came from nothing, then we're saying that there were no laws either at the formation of the universe. So what we're saying then is that science, because it relies on the existence of laws, will never be able to explain the formation of the universe. So while I'm not saying that you can preclude the possibility that everything came from nothing, what I'm saying is that science definitionally cannot support the idea that everything came from nothing. Okay, let's explore the other option then, the, the option that everything came from something, that the universe came from something. Well, if the universe came from something, then that something has to exist outside of the universe, outside of space and time. Additionally, that something has to be incredibly powerful. You see, the amount of energy that exists in the universe and the the usable energy that we are going through in this universe is incredibly immense. So the something that the universe came from had to have at least that much, if not more, energy, so an incredible amount of power. Additionally, from looking at these specific laws and how finely tuned they are, it's easy enough to say that that something had an intention to develop a universe where life could exist and had the intelligence to execute on that intention. In other words, we're describing something with a will and with an intelligence, a mind. And at that point, we're no longer describing a something but a someone. So in saying that the universe came from something, we're saying that the universe really came from someone. And as we describe those attributes, we're describing someone who is outside of time and space, someone who is eternal, someone who is immaterial, someone who is powerful, someone who is intelligent, and someone who has a desire to create a universe with life. If that sounds familiar, it should. That is how we have historically described God. Those are the same attributes that we historically attribute to God. It's funny how even in our past, whenever we didn't really have our minds fully wrapped around this concept of space-time, we describe a God who exists outside of that. In other words, it's fair to say that that someone meets our historical definition of God. Now something is rational, something is reasonable, whenever it's consistent with the evidence that we have. So as we look at these two options, either the universe came from nothing or it came from God, and as we look at the evidence that we have and overlay that on those options. The first option seems to demonstrate that if everything came from nothing then there is no explanation for all of this order that we see. Furthermore, the specific laws that we have identified are incompatible with this idea that something came from nothing, let alone that everything came from nothing. So basically this this idea that everything came from nothing, that the universe came from nothing, doesn't really explain, but if anything, almost contradicts the evidence that we have. On the other hand, if if the universe came from God, then that God and his intelligence serves to explain the incredibly specific order that we have is very compatible with the evidence that we have. So let me back up here for a second. I'm not saying that I've done it, that I've, I have found the way to prove that God exists. Uh, really what I'm saying is that At the end of the day, you have to choose what you're going to believe. You have to choose that either the universe came from God and that there is some purpose to this life or that the universe came from nothing and that this is all just complete chaos producing some random result that happens to be order, perfect order almost. And I'm I'm not saying which one you have to believe or that I've I've shown you that the only option is to believe that God exists. But I hope that what I've demonstrated is that belief in God is reasonable, that it is reasonable to believe that God exists, that the evidence that we have is consistent with it. You don't have to ignore the evidence to believe that God exists. As a matter of fact, God serves as a fantastic explanation for the evidence that we have. He's very consistent with it. Now, in saying all of this, I've talked about the evidence that we have. But what I haven't talked about is the evidence that we don't have, or the evidence that's lacking. And if I'm honest, I think that this is where the rub is for most people. That sure, in looking at all of this, it's pretty reasonable to say that a good explanation for it is that there is a God, there is an architect for the universe. But just because that architect meets the historical definition of God doesn't mean that he meets my definition of God. I want a God who's personable, who cares. Uh, Who cares about the pain that we experience in this world? And we've talked some in other posts about those types of questions, like why do we suffer? But really, at the end of the day, I understand that question. And I'm not saying that I've answered that question here. And that gets us past this list of attributes to describe God and gets us to know God as a person. I'd love to spend more time on that in the future. But for now, let me say that that is exactly the point of Christianity. The point of Christianity is to get to know God as a person, not just as a list of attributes. To have a conversation with him, which is a series that we've had in the past. But maybe this has sparked something for you and you wanna learn more now. So maybe for now, I'd point you to a resource by Pastor Robert Morris, where he talks about these questions of how do I know that there is a God? How do I know that God loves me? How do I know that Jesus is the way and how do I know that the Bible is true? Regardless, I hope that this discussion has helped to resolve this question in your mind. I hope that I've demonstrated for you that it is at the very least reasonable to believe that God exists. Now, but to the end of getting to know that God as a person, to the end of the foundations of Christianity, next time we're going to talk about that topic. We're going to talk about the very substance of Christianity as we ask the question, am I saved? What does it mean to be saved? How can we know that we're saved? What is that evidence? And we'll talk about that next time. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell because you don't want to miss it. Thanks again for joining us today.